No, so I think you've got your microphone. No, it's fine. Stick it. It, it stick it up. It needs to be sticking up proudly. <laughs> if I had a pound. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, I just get oh, yes. Oh. Put your microphone the right way round. Oh, you're once. so fussy. Stop. Mm. Do you know? I partly want you to leave this in because I want people to see what I have to work with. Welcome to episode 25 of the Mid-Faith Crisis. Um, my name is Nick Page and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and uh, technophobe Joe Davis. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Episode 25. I know, which That's means quarter it's century. just one episode until we are officially a year old. Happy birthday to us. That is true. Should we have a cake? We should because it just so happens, as I think we've noted before that the day for the bewildered falls on the day of our birthday. So we would we definitely out... have a cake. Yes, OK. That's for all agreed. those who's coming, we're having a cake. Good. So. And, yeah. Yeah, Boom. good. Well, how are you? Oh, I am absolutely um, frazzled. I'm running from pillar to post, as they say. Um, I'm speaking tomorrow uh, at the big sort of gathering of uh, Christian publishers and booksellers and everybody involved in the christian wordy industry um so i'm looking forward to that i'd look, I'd look forward to it a bit more had i quite worked out what i'm going to say so that's a good bit of pr for you isn't it well they're lovely people and i you know you want to kind of um thank people for all they do it's fantastic so uh yeah it's good i'm looking forward to it i just i'm not quite prepared <laughs> and i haven't got any time and you haven't got anything and... to do tonight <laughs> well, no, yeah, there we go. So oh, yeah, that's... and I've been away though. I had a nice time being away. So where have you been? We went to Totnes in Devon Ooh. for a few days, which is very, um, very sort of esoteric. And uh, in the eighties and nineties, it was kind of like a, a magnet for, um, you know, the occulty people and all this kind of stuff. You could every other shop on the high street sold crystals. You know that kind of place. Oh yeah. It's a bit better than that now, but it's still the only place I've ever been where the Oxfam sh- bookshop, you know, has like four shelves of sort of mind, body, spirit, and half a shelf of Christianity. You know, <laughs> it's like nothing. And I had a I had a very interesting talk in another bookshop to the bloke behind the counter, who was trying to persuade me that aliens from uh, some planet uh, created the Earth and um, and you know were were in fact the Sumerians. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. And they wrote it. He said they wrote it all on tablets, so it must be true. <laughs> it's gotta be okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. God, it must be true. You do, in fact, attract weirdos. Just <laughs> how come I'm doing this podcast with you? I think. Yeah, but but it was it was nice. But I just feel a bit over, overwhelmed by everything as normal. So yeah, it's a shame when you feel anything. overwhelmed when you've been away and you're supposed to be all rested and calm and relaxed and now you're... Yeah, yeah well, I probably co- haven't done enough. Oh. Anyway, how about you? Well, I've been quite quiet. In fact, I have just walked, literally, I have came in half an hour ago, a lovely seven-mile walk, so you get the train to Littlehampton, then you walk back along the beach. And then I, I was watching the kite surfers just perform miracles. I mean, these guys go so high, I swear, as high as my house. And then they set the kite and they fly along a bit. And then just before they hit the water, they just land gracefully and off they go again. I mean, it's just poetry to watch them. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done kite surfing? I have done a bit of kite surfing, but not as well as that. It was mm. not so much poetry 
Uh, I don't know what the word is, but I yeah, I went up in the air and then I came down. Did and you it need wasn't a, a, poetry. Did you require a very big kite or? <laughs> yeah. You're so rude. <laughs> I'm interested. I may be a little larger I'm interested than, in the the, technology. than the average kite surfer. <laughs> When those lucky few come to the day for the bewildered, oh. they will see how slim for a thirty stone man I look in actual fact. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, yes. I'm no, I'm rude to you. That's you right. are. There is no need for it. So, uh, talking of the day for the bewildered, uh, well, have we got an update on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil said, I just wanted to let you know that you and Nick had me guffawing at Let There Be Love Shared Among Us following My Lighthouse and Ethel's poem. I'm looking forward to singing them all as part of our worship for the bewildered. <laughs> yeah, what else have we got planned? I'd like to put in some um, uh, prophetic bongoing. Yes, that's very powerful. It is. Do mm. you know, I genuinely met someone once who's, oh, no. whose ministry was prophetic bongo playing. No, you're lying. No, it's absolutely that, true. That is a story. That is not it was true. a lady. She said, oh, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm developing this ministry in prophetic bongo playing. <laughs> so in what, in what sense would that have been prophetic? <laughs> I don't know. Imagine if you, you suddenly feel the spirit move you. You suddenly... In the middle of a sermon, you suddenly start hitting and slapping the bongos. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, here's something I can't understand. So Rachel's coming, uh, my wife, my dearly beloved, the person mm. to whom I'm married, as I'm trying to say, rather than my wife, which sounds like a piece of property. Um, the person to whom I'm married is coming. But what I can't help but pick up is a teensy bit of resentment in her tone in recent days that she had to pay for a ticket to come and hear me speak. I mean, what person to whom you're married wouldn't be delighted to pay money to come and hear their dearly beloved? Can't understand the resentment, Rachel, if you're listening. I can think of at least one person to whom I'm married who wouldn't think twice about even picking up a free ticket. <laughs> yes, it's... To, to get, she wouldn't is, even consider is, it. Is Claire not joining us? No, funnily enough, she is coming to London on that day. <laughs> but not to see you. <laughs> but not coming anywhere near <laughs> this. Because she's has proper sense of priorities. Well, I'm going to get my own back on Rachel. Oh, yeah. Let's hope she doesn't hear this. Yeah, I'd like her to say something at the day. And she doesn't really do speaky, speaky oh, stuff. Really? Okay. But if she was to share a bit of her story, that oh. would be so good. So there we are. I don't know if okay. we can fit that in, but ha 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 ha! I'll teach well, you to be all yeah. bitter and resentful. I don't think. Anyway. I don't think uh, I could bring a message from Claire, but it probably wouldn't be very complimentary. <laughs> it probably could be read out. No, not really. Um, <laughs> have okay. you seen any, seen any films or done anything else? Uh, have I seen? No, I don't think. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I saw Logan Lucky. Uh, entirely worth it to see Daniel Craig uh, looking like Jean-Paul Gaultier and uh, being quite comic and funny. Oh, okay. And it's just, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a heist movie. That's probably the best thing you can say, but it's not really good. It's okay. not some smooth, slick film like um, like others we have mentioned, which na okay. whose names have completely gone out of my head. <laughs> well, anyway, we ought to get on. Yes, um, let's. Uh, so, uh, have we had? Uh, let's. What other feedback have we had? Uh, we, we had, had? Uh, quite a lot, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. So Thank this you. is largely Thanks. a feedback episode, really. I, I'll be honest. I warn Thanks the listener now it because up. so people well, can just stop now. I just no. It's not largely. I mean, we'll respond to feedback, obviously, but I just don't want to raise hopes. 
that no, there's... but it is genuinely these episodes end up better than normal because they're intelligent people speaking rather than us. Yeah, actual actual content. Well, okay, Go so on, here's here's a nice one, an unusual one, a new listener from the States who has just binged on the twenty four episodes before Gosh. this one. <laughs> he says I was in the he says I was in the middle of a church service singing in the choir when I suddenly had the thought, I don't know if I believe any of this stuff. And uh and uh, he just goes on you know, I'd like you sometime to talk about other religions and stuff, which we will sometime. But I just wanted to say, Royce, welcome to your mid faith crisis and you know, we're here for you. And I imagine if you're in the middle of the choir and you suddenly realise you don't... But that would be the time to break out the prophetic bongos, I feel. It would, yeah. <laughs> <Just> suddenly... <laughs> rather angry. <laughs> uh, yes, welcome to your mid-faith crisis, Royce. I wonder if anyone coming to the, to the Day for the Bewildered actually has bongos. Can we just ask them to bring it? Well, that's a dangerous thing, isn't it? Well, if you if you are coming to the day for the bewildered, please well, bring yeah. please bring your bongos with you because <laughs> you know the spirit might be moving. Okay, um, still on uh, creeds and things. Um, Phil says, "What is my creed? What do I hold on to as true? What is my stake in the ground?" For me, the questions have changed through my own mid faith crisis. Having been, "What do I hold on to?" It's become much more of what holds on to me, which I like. Mm. From beliefs that I have, it's become more like beliefs that have me. And the first one he said is, "God is love," and we've talked about that before. And then he picks up this point. He says, uh, "He said that you said you must meet together as Christians, or people say that." And he said, this meant that however dysfunctional and sometimes even destructive the gathering felt to me, it was still somehow important to meet if the people called themselves believers. And he says in brackets, how many family holidays were sadly marred by the long search around the wilds of Wales or Scotland for a Bible-believing church where we could worship <laughs> on a Sunday. Ag! <laughs> he says, what a relief to move to a belief that holds me. In this case, it's expressed well in the verse where two or three are gathered together in my name. I am there in the midst. So where I meet with others and form a deep connection of heart and mind, where there is a ruthless honesty, vulnerability and a willingness to confront in love, there is God. How liberating this has been for me. I don't even see any need now to make the meeting look remotely like an ecclesiastical gathering. So um, that is superb. I yeah, that's that. a, that's a really interesting point, isn't it? I love both. I love the idea of beliefs that hold us because I think that's really where it just yeah. adds that positivity back into it that yes, you know yeah. to have a belief that God is love is also to to be held by that belief. Uh, yeah. I think that's just uh, brilliant. It becomes something that gives both ways because so often when we talk about belief, we talk about this. You know, I'm going to I'm going to believe this no matter what happens to me and, and I have to put all the effort in, you know, and all mm. the world around me is showing me opposite, but I'm going to carry on trudging through, mm. plodding my yeah. way as a Christian, holding on to yeah. my beliefs, whatever, yeah. um, because as if they yes, don't yeah. give us anything yeah. back. But what he's yeah. talking about here is, is the fact that that belief is a sustaining power in his life. I think yeah. that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I love that definition of, of, of um, meeting together. I think that's exactly what I what you know because I know I've oh, yeah. I've banged the drum as it were or even struck the bongo. Yeah. For, you have struck for, the bongo. I have banged it. the bongo quite frequently <laughs> for church, as it were, and um, uh, you know, and uh, but actually, I, it's not really church that I'm talking about. If if I could find a yeah, community no, like no, that, I agree. 
Where, do you know what? Say deep connection of the heart and, yeah. and ruthless honesty, vulnerability, willingness yeah. to confront in love. That, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. A Christian do you know community. What? You, you said something. And the trouble with these podcasts is you often say brilliant, quite brilliant things, but we're, we're moving quickly and we don't have chance to really stop and think about it. But you said something, because I heard it again recently, a couple of podcasts around. You were paraphrasing a quote that you'd heard. Yeah. And it was words to the effect of, we fall apart alone, but we heal together. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, just on this walk, I've been so gripped by that phrase. Mm. And just thinking about, one, is that true? If that's true, that is a really important reason to meet together. Mm. You mm. know, we, we come together to heal. And mm. that's just, yeah, I love that quote. Well done, Nick Page. Well, Thank no, I don't, I don't know where I heard it, but you know, I'll take the credit. And well yes. done, Phil. That was. And great. also, Thank if you were paraphrasing, then it's now your quote, so I can quote you. Very As good. Nick Page once said, "As the great, we fall Page. apart alone, but we yeah. heal together." Yeah, and he then burst into bongoing. Prophetic bongoing. Yeah. <laughs> Enough of the prophetic bongoing. <laughs> no. Um, you I'm can gripped, never have I'm too much. By the I think as, as all the neighbours of that person with that ministry <laughs> would testify. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So then we had this email, which I know you're going to slander as very negative and depressing. I mean, but I Don't put words in my mouth. No, because I know what's coming. We were not going to read on. all of it. Partly because there is some language in it which is not suitable for airing. <laughs> like we but, could yeah, yeah. say that. <laughs> like, because we don't swear ever, no, no. as we well know. Mm. Um, but uh, Andy, uh, he just wrote this, and I loved it because it was just so ruthlessly honest uh, about what he believes now. And he, say, he says, I believe that people can believe anything, especially if there's a herd movement and cultural context, that people have an amazing ability to self-reinforce feelings, mild physical sensations or beliefs by interpreting their surroundings within a framework of religion, that people can be incredibly selfish and self-serving and downright bad and somehow feel okay about it, especially if there's a herd movement and cultural context or if they have power. And it, and it goes on and... You know, this this was quite a ranty uh, email. He says, I believe in good and bad and I believe in love. And uh, he also says he was brought up as a minister's mm. kid and a lifelong Christian. But why I liked it is because it read like a psalm of lament to me. Mm. And it and it, it kind of reminded me, like if you got Royce who writes to us and says, you know, I just had this experience one day. I was in church in the choir and, you know, suddenly thought I don't know what I believe that's yeah. someone that right at the start well here's someone right in the depths mm. right mm. in the depths of I'm not sure whether I can believe in any of it anymore perhaps I can and that's why we you know obviously started the whole discussion on creeds anyway about you know what holds us or what beliefs do we hang on to but this stuff we talk about is important stuff so Andy thank you for that thank you for the ruthless honesty of your email and naturally I don't have any answers. Um, but I think it's good that you can express and feel the despair and anger uh, and all that stuff and question. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, in fact, you know, in a way sort of disagree with any of that. All of that is, 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 is true. You know, all of that can be true. Um, and I mm. think, yes, people can He's just be, naming it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people can be incredibly selfish and self-serving and downright bad and and somehow feel okay about it but actually i think also people can be 
incredibly selfish and self-serving and downright bad and not feel okay about it and realize yeah. that that's not the way to go yeah. and people can be heroically good and yes. loving and kind and and, he- and in other words people can be people yes i want to say people can be both of those things yeah sometimes yeah. well you know half an exactly, hour of each of course, other <laughs> absolutely Absolutely. I love that film Crash. I think we've quoted that film before that sort of deals with the dilemmas of, you know, are we good or are we bad and who's a racist and who's not a racist and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. It's a very good film. Thank you for uh, writing in, Andy, though. Thank you very much indeed. OK, Rob. Uh, Rob, uh, now you may remember Rob um, sent in an email a few weeks back with his creed about what I unbelieve and we had a little yeah, discussion yeah. about that. that. And he good. said, reflecting... Uh, on his creed, which uh, we read out, he said he was saying that hearing it back, he sounded angry and confrontational because he was recognising the damage done by wrong beliefs about God, and that you can't say all beliefs are OK, because there's a big difference between saying God is love and God is a donut or even God is sending you to hell. But tone is really important. He was Wait, saying. hang on. Is God yeah. not a donut then? <laughs> it appears not. So oh, that idea okay. of, you know, you can't. But he he was just reflecting on that, saying. You know, he felt that it came across as a bit angry, maybe. Well, um, I think it had both bits in it, didn't it? As yeah, I recall, yeah. it had some really uh, positive bits in I believe and then I unbelieve. Yeah. I liked the concept of unbelief, I think, yeah. in that sense. Why, you know, but um, no, I, I can see how he thought that. Yeah. So what I wanted to say to Rob and to Andy, uh, the previous email and everything, is I came across this quote in Dave Tomlinson's book. I really liked it. He says that he says the task of every religion is to evolve or reform our religious beliefs and practices to become more humane and benevolent. It's a process that reactionary religious devotees often brand as liberal. That was an interesting, that's an interesting observation. And I think often what's what's come up through the sort of, you know, discussion that we've been having about creeds and things is people are sort of reacting, I think, a little bit against that idea of there's an in in crowd and an out crowd yeah, these people yeah. are in because they yeah. say they've got the right beliefs even if they're not living in a lot of way and then I think that gets people angry and so perhaps they've been in church for years and then they've been let down by church or a leader or something and they decide that the people who don't go to church are better people and so they react against those things I, um, I like the Bonhoeffer who came up with the concept of religious uh, religionless Christianity and he said, a person who shies away from organised religion, who has little time for creeds and doctrines and church going, yet who lives in the spirit of Christianity or true religion. And that was his definition regarding religionless Christianity. A person who shies away from organised religion, who has little time for creeds and doctrines and church going, yet who lives in the spirit of Christianity. Mm. That is, it's such a difficult tension, I think, for any organisation to have a coherent set of um you know beliefs shared practices that that, that give yeah. unity and bind them together and at the same time not be exclusive you yeah. know not exclude people i think that's a, it's always been a, a really difficult thing um yeah anyway sure. but that's sure yeah thank you okay thank so you barry says uh Barry says, love the podcast and sent in an unconfirmed quote. He says this, the the greatest loss from the Reformation was that of the confessional box. And so he's ah. sending that in to back up what you were saying last time. Um, well, uh, yes, I, you yeah. see, I've just done this article for uh, Christianity magazine on, on what we uh, what we lost, the bad news about the Reformation. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, 2000 words of trolling. 
people, really. I have no idea what's going to happen. And I do talk about that. And I do think there's something about it. But I talk about it more in the sense of embodied spirituality. Because I think what the Reformation lost us was an idea that that uh, physical things, things that we do or uh, other things that appeal to other senses, can actually have a spiritual value. It became very yeah. kind of in your head. And uh, so, you know, vis- the visual media got kicked out. Paintings got kicked out. We lost, you know, incense mm. and all that kind of stuff gets kicked out. Um, the confessional box, but also, you know, crossing yourself and all this kind of stuff. Well, mm. I, I've actually taken up um, the sign of the cross quite a lot now. Mm. I cross myself quite a lot because I find em- it really helpful. Embodied, yeah. yeah that kind of embodied spirituality. You're actually yeah, doing something. Yeah, it's not and just it, as Willard said, habit is embodied. And But, you know, spirituality yeah. as a habit is it becomes embodied. That's why we kneel. We don't yeah. kneel because somehow the, the, the act of kneeling is magic. It, it, we kneel because actually what we are doing is embodying the the penitence, embodying the sense of humility. Yeah. And, I'm and a we lost we all don't that. Kneel. We don't kneel. Baptist. No, that's true. You don't. Um, I, I quite, I'm actually, not many people in my church kneel. I quite like well, kneeling. Well, Baptists do not do it on their knees to misquote the bumper sticker. Very good. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so... Shall I move on? Yes, do. Hurriedly, Um, I think. Okay, okay. so Mark says, "Um, just wanted to immediately email as soon as I finished your most recent podcast on sin. It's refreshing honesty and in particular your wise and compassionate suggestions around embracing that part of ourselves that wants the best but suggests the worst was moving, inspirational and so well put. That was you, that was. That was you. See, moving and inspirational. There you go. Get that put on a T-shirt. I'm I'm thinking about getting some bongos. He says, How a changing preposition can reframe theology was amazing with your quote of, We are not punished for our sins, but by them. And I certainly testify to that. Luke 15 remains my favourite chapter of the Bible. And the way the father accepts the son without punishment, and it's very much the son's sins turning into himself that causes his distress and pain this aligns with your quote above thanks for taking the time to record these podcasts i find i for one find most stimulating and helpful with a few infuriating bits every so often <laughs> well only every Great. so often I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I was aiming for about 80 percent infuriating <laughs> yeah that's right so thank you mark we're we're trying you know lower the infuriating yeah. ratio and and we're going to pick up. I think we've got some more emails, but uh, yes, you know, yes. I, there's some bits about the sin thing that I think I really want to, us to to pick up. Yeah, on. no, uh, we we'll come really to that. Good. Let yeah, me okay. just uh, let me just read Ian's. Uh, Ian says some uh, nice comments, and he says on the last topic, my reflection is that the Church of England liturgy is quite helpful. And I say this as a Scottish Presbyterian. We have sinned by weakness, negligence, and our own deliberate fault. Mm. Sin is certainly what we do wrong, but it's more than that. It's our inability to do what's right, and sometimes our failure to act and yeah. uh, they write some good things and he also encourages us i think to go and do something in scotland not jump off a hill i hasten to add but i mean like a like a day for the bewildered yes the, that would be lovely we we should if this well it depends if we get away with this one in london if we get yeah. away with one in london then we can take it north yes that would be uh, good and see if we can get away with it somewhere else um uh, yes i do like i do like the um the anglican liturgy that kind of um uh, you know that we've sinned through weakness, through negligence, through our own deliberate fault. Sort of encompasses all the aspects. Sure. Um, and then I think, uh, and thinking of that, that really was born to mind by one of the emails we had because I think yeah, that it was yeah. that we were we just missed something in in our discussion of sin. So well, we ought to I, talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had an email. In fact, it was the very first email 
we received after the end of the podcast. I mean, literally within hours of it going out, I think. And um, I mean, it it was utterly heartbreaking. Mm. Um, And uh, someone wrote in just saying they just discovered that their married partner of many years had 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 an affair and was, you know, thinking about leaving them. And their whole world had fallen in and they were asking about how they pray and all those sort of things. I think both of us replied somewhat inadequately to it but um but yeah it stirred something i think in both of us didn't it but certainly for you in terms of the the gravity of what we're talking about when we talk about sin i guess yeah i think what we you know i think it is really important that we see sin as uh you know something which we have to kind of learn from and helps us to understand ourselves but I think also we have to recognise the damage that it does to other people. Otherwise, we're yeah. just sort of making it sound like a bit of therapy sure. that we're having and you know, yeah. getting all introverted. And sin is... The, the disordered desires that we have, that you talk yeah. about, yeah. sometimes they sort of are damaging to ourselves, I guess, you know, more yeah, yeah. in certain, certain of them. And sometimes they are... You know, they're deeply destructive in terms of relationships. And I yeah. sort of... You know, for yeah. me, I kind of felt this one particularly because it was, it, you know, my own father left left my mum, and uh, you know, when I was eighteen, and I saw mm. a, a a woman fall apart, and he just went and left, and and the whole thing just fell apart, and you can see yeah. the destruction caused, and and he, I remember really having, you know, where we kind of fell mm. out was that he said, he said to me, well, you know, I have a, uh, I don't, know, I have a right to be happy. And I, yeah. even as an eighteen-year-old, I could sense that a happiness built on the foundation of someone else's despair is is not a good thing. You know, that's yeah. not a. That, I don't think you have a right to that necessarily. Yeah. Um, the, the whole language of rights. Is yeah, a, is a and topic and but that time. but he sort of rights, yeah. I'm not so sure but he about. sort of projected it on. You know, there, there's a lot yeah. of projection going on about how hey, you know, I'm unhappy at somebody else's fault and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think we did need to acknowledge that that that. You know, the, when we talk about sin, and you said it actually well right at the beginning of the discussion about sin, that actually it is immensely destructive. We're trying to steer that centre ground, aren't we? Mm. You know, and, and, and not make some sins okay and some sins not okay. And, you know, the church all has its favourite sins that it likes to preach about and come against and do all that. But there's no doubt, and I think that's what we're saying, there's no doubt that some sin causes such damage, not just to the individual but to families and to communities and mm. and beyond. Mm. And, yeah. and that's where, you know, you have to come back to, to hope, really. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. the, what I take heart in always is that there is nobody who is beyond the love of God. There is nobody who cannot turn around and head back towards mm. God. Um, the, the, the thing I take solace in all the time is that... Um, there's always new life yeah. and there's always new hope and there's always a way back. Yeah, you know, there is exactly. death, but there is always resurrection. And if we don't speak about resurrection, we don't speak yeah. about the fact that the darkness can be overcome. Yeah. And the damage can't be undone, but reconciliation can happen. You know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes it does. And, you know, uh, but there's always hope. Oh, yeah. And hope always comes from the fact that even terrible things do get turned around not always in the way you expect but mm. there's some mm. sort of redemption yeah is, mm. is, is available yeah I'm, I'm really glad we talked about this i mean i i feel this has been quite 
difficult for us and quite hard because this takes us right into the murky, messy grey of life that often I think, you know, church perhaps sometimes avoids or or perhaps we just don't want to go there. But one of the things it seems to me that is essential in in, in passing, moving through the mid-faith crisis is a, a real frank and honest confrontation with sin and with ourselves and who we truly are and being honest about who we are and owning up to who we really are. And, yeah, um, the, the thing about it is, is if you, you know, by, by talking about these kinds of things or by being honest about the, the hmm. one might say the catastrophes, the really bad yeah. failures, I suppose for me, it's always, with the experience of my dad, has always made me be ultra careful about my own relationship in that sense and, and take care of it and, and to think about what could happen you know to think about what yeah what that's are the processes really good. Yeah. processes that lead that yeah, way that's, you know yeah that's very good and i think some people's personality naturally do think about consequences and others don't but i mean i remember it was, it was thomas uh, Th- thomas a kempis you know the imitation of christ he was um, great he, at imitations, wasn't he, Thomas? <laughs> yeah. He did. It, you have to say he did a fantastic imitation of Christ. He you know. did. If you close your eyes, you. you it, could... <laughs> and and, he, and his 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 follow up to the imitation of Christ, Thomas Kempis's imitation of Bruce Forsyth. What a great. Uh, <laughs> What a great, yes. what a great book that was! Yeah, it's when he got them confused. <laughs> nice to heal you. To heal you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, yeah. meanwhile. So you give us that bit of Thomas Kempis because this is incredible. This is no, incredible. no, no. Yeah, he said this really helpful thing about how sort of temptation works. Is temptations are more easily overcome if they're never allowed to enter our minds. Meet them at the door, he says, as soon as they knock, and do not let them in. One simple thought can enter the mind and start the process. And then he says the process works like this: first, the thought is allowed to enter into our minds. Second, the imagination is sparked by the thought. Third, we feel a sense of pleasure at the fantasy and we entertain it. Fourth and finally, we engage in the evil action, assenting to its urges. I think that's that's really helpful. And, yeah. and perhaps that's what yeah. Paul's banging on about when he says set your minds on things above and all yeah. that sort of thing and the renewing of the mind. I mean, that's that's where the action really happens way before... Um, yes, it's the thought, isn't it? It starts yeah, exactly. way before then, and you let that get in. What an incredibly modern kind of, um, you know. I mean, it could have been written yesterday, that, and it was written in what fourteen fifty or something like that. 1450. Yeah, yeah, and and I think a lot of the th- things we're doing in the spiritual practices, a lot of the time, is helping arrest things before they become major actions so one of the Mm. practices we always used to do I say always used to like I don't do it anymore but one of the things we do in in formation groups often is you you set the exercise go 24 hours without saying anything negative about anyone and whenever you suggest that there's sort of an always a nervous laughter in the group because they think well you don't know my boss or you don't know my neighbor or partner or (laughs) whatever it happens to be uh, but of course, you're actually doing that with a view to never doing it again in your life. But 24 hours just seems like a really appropriate time to <laughs> to start with. Uh, but actually, you know, by doing little things like that, it actually stops that that long and uh, that sorry, not the long, but that process of actually thinking bad things, saying bad things, and and then just you know the whole thing snowballing. So it's sort of. Um... Training your mind 
really, yeah. isn't it? To it's, think it's, differently. It's training yeah. your mind to think differently, to think... I mean, that again, Paul talks about how we can actually have the mind of Christ, which I always think is an amazing um, uh, yeah. possibility. But training yeah. your mind to register these things and yeah. to reject them and not to indulge them. Yeah, exactly. Good. Well, um, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, we should uh, we should wrap up because uh, we've got um, a cake to make, presumably, We've for got next ca- time. Exactly. Who's baking that? Uh, who, uh, what who's are you baking? wearing? Well, what are you wearing? Well, because for the day. Yeah, because uh, obviously n- normally we would do this podcast naked. But yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm... I'm thinking something loose that I can just, you know, get my hands up in praise very quickly. Yes. I'm thinking of something that will still look modest when I put bongos between <laughs> I think modesty is our key word. <laughs> that is us. Modesty. Yeah, that yes. Okay. Um, well, anyway, yes, we should, we, should, uh, we should go off and do something uh, useful with our lives. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, and please keep the emails coming in. Yes. Yeah, do send your emails to joe at midfaithcrisis.org. I'll just make that absolutely clear. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Goodbye. See you in a couple of weeks. See you now.